2 Kings chapter 5 tonight, uh, verse number 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman, this Syrian, and not receiving at his hand that which he brought, but as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. You, you see what he's doing. You see what he's thinking. So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lightened down from the chariot and met him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master hath sent me, saying, Behold, even now there come, there become to me with a mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray, the talent of silver and two chains of the garment. And Naaman said, be content, take two, tent, two talents, and urged him, and bound two talents of silver in bags, two bags with two uh, chains of garments, and laid them upon the two of his servants, and they buried him, them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand, and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. But when he went in and stood before his master, and Elijah said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not my heart be with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it in thy time to receive money, and to receive garments, and olive yards, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants, and maid servants? And then he said, The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and to thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. First chapter 6, verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwelleth with thee is too straight, too small for us. Let us go, we pray with thee unto Jordan, and make thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we can may dwell and be Answer and go ye. And he answered, go ye. Let us pray. Father, we just ask tonight, Lord, help us and strengthen us, Lord. We ask, Lord, just to speak to our hearts, Lord. We stand in need of a whisper from you today. We need to hear from the heaven tonight, Lord. We just praise you that. Empty myself and fill me in thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You know the story of Naaman had just come from Elijah. And is on the recommendation of that little maid that was in the hill's life. At that time, he was a leper. He was in need of cleansing. And the, he hears of the man of God, and if he goes there, he gets cleansed. And we, we preached on this Sunday, and you know the story tonight. He gets cleansed of his leprosy, and he wants to pay for it. He wants to pay Elijah a great sum for what has transpired in his life. Elijah said, I, I don't want a dime for it. I, I don't want any, any of your money. He doesn't take. Uh, uh, he does take a couple of mules for the servants to ride on, to, uh, but it doesn't take money. Doesn't take uh, chains of clothes. He says, "God done it, and I don't want anything from you." And now we find the servant of the man of God is not happy with this. He wants to take something for him. Verse 22, I'm sure in Gehazi's mind, he thought that he had a chance to get something that was right. Now, let me say this. It is never right to do wrong to get to do right. Amen. Let me say that again. It is never right to do wrong 
to get a chance to do right. Just do right. Just do right. In chapter 1 and uh, chapter 6, 1 and 2, we find these preachers, the son of the prophets of God's people, they're about to build something. They're about to build a place where uh, uh, they can teach the word of God, preach the word of God, and they can get rest in the ministry and labors. And Elijah said, I'll go with thee. Let's go build something that will help you and help somebody else. And let's build something that gives God the glory. That, that's, that's what's in my heart. It's been in my heart for a while that we build something for God. Uh, doing something for the glory of God. There, there should be in all of our hearts tonight sitting here. To build something, to build a work for the glory of God that teaches the people the Bible. Uh, we can see sinners saved and we can see uh, people refreshed. That, that's what we want. We don't build something to give God the glory, to edify Jesus and edify the church and exalt Jesus and see sinners saved. That's, that's what we should be doing, building something. But we here in the text, we find they're about to build something and there's all kinds of problems that can rise up when you're trying to do something for God and give God the glory. In chapter 6, if you read chapter 6, they start out using the axe and cutting the trees down the, and the head of the axe falls into the water and then they have to get it out. They have to retrieve it. We've heard messages preached on it. I've heard messages preached on it. I've preached on it. There's all kinds of lessons that you can learn there. You, you, you make sure you stay sharp. Uh, you make sure you stay locked in. Make sure you're not doing it in the power of the flesh. There's all th kinds of things that we can learn here. And, and we understand that when we start to build a building for God and we start to doing a work for God, not only in our lives but in our church, uh, there's all kinds of problems that can arise when you're trying to do something for God. But I don't want to preach on that tonight. I just thought I'd throw that out there to you tonight. Amen. But what I want to show you is in chapter 6, they could not do a work for God in chapter 6 until they got rid of something in chapter 5. There cannot be a work for God done in chapter 6. They had to be a, a spirit unloaded in chapter 5 tonight. And we find they're about to do a work for God in chapter 6, but Gehazi had to go. He had to go in chapter number 5. I, I want to say to your heart tonight, before any work of God can go, the spirit of Gehazi still floats around today. It's still alive today. And I believe that spirit's in all of us. Uh, it can rise up in each and every one of us. Uh, this idea that Gehazi had in his mind can infiltrate each and every one of us. And I don't care how close you are, uh, how great of a Christian you are, this spirit of Gehazi can arise up in each and every one of us if we're not careful. But I believe we can find some stuff that exhibit in one of Jesus' apostles. His name was Judas Iscariot. But somebody that walked with Jesus for three and a half years, he slept beside him, he ate with him, he saw miracles done, and yet this spirit of Gehazi was inside of him tonight. 
It is important that you and I don't let this same thing jump off into our lives as we try to work and build something for the glory of God. Would you not agree? So what's the thought in mind? Thinking about building something for God, giving God the glory. We can't get it done till, uh, it get, till this gets dealt with. I want to preach on getting rid of the spirit of Gehazi tonight. You say, what spirit, what kind of spirit is exhibit? I want to be in a church that God blesses. I want to be in a church that God moves. I want to be in a church that God's spirit comes in and rests. There's always a cause for those kind of things that happens in a church and in a Christian life. There's a cause so there are going to be some things that have to be left behind. You're going to have to leave some things behind. There are some challenges in all of us to unload something tonight, to get rid of something tonight that displeasures God. In order for God to give us pleasure, in order for God to help us, there's something in our lives that we've got to get rid of from the church and from our own life tonight. You say, what, what could it possibly be, this spirit of Gehazi? What, what kind of spirit? You can see Gehazi, he, he's wanting something for himself. He, he's looking, he's searching, he's trying to get something for himself. And Gehazi's got this spirit about him. It's all about what I can get no matter what, no matter what. He's not worried about the things of God. He's not worried about the man of God. He's not worried about those who are in need or, or those who need help. Uh, and let me just say, if the church uh, doesn't worry about those that are in need and those who are in need helping, then why do we have a church? It's not about self. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about reaching those outside the walls that need help from God. And let me tell you what, if we don't take it to Him, if we sit in the pews and all we do is say it ourselves and we don't take what God has given us and share it with the world out there, we've done God a displeasure in the church. So what is this spirit that Gehazi shows in order for the work in chapter 6 here, in order for this work in chapter 6 to go ahead, there were some things that had to get rid of in chapter 5. The first thing, uh, Gehazi had the wrong desire. He had a desire of fame and fortune. Look at verse number 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian. He's not a Jew in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. That, that which he brought. But he's going to try to spiritualize it. Amen. You know, we always try to rationalize things in our mind to bring God into things that, that has nothing to do with God at all. Then he said, but as the Lord liveth. Let's bring God into this. God has nothing to do with it, Gehazi. I will run after him. That's the problem. He's running in the power of the flesh and take somewhat of him. 
what Gehazi is running after is what Paul told Timothy to run from. Paul told Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil, and they that uh, uh, evil they them drown in themselves in lust and the desires of the flesh. Paul said, "That old man of God." Flee from these things. Run away from that stuff. Don't run after it. And what Gehazi is doing, he's running out the fame. He's running out the fortune. He's looking for something not of God. He's chasing at it. Paul said, you need to flee from those things. Get it out of your mind. Get it out of your heart. Because it does not please God. We, have, we, we see Gehazi, he's running in the wrong direction. He is running towards the fame and fortune instead of away from fame and fortune. I, I, I like a place when you come to church and it feels like church. It, it feels like church. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't feel like a nightclub. It doesn't feel like a, a big show. It doesn't, uh, it's not about fame. It's not about who this is or who that is. It, it's not about that. It's all about Jesus and Jesus only. I like going to church like that. I don't like going to church where everything is programmed. I don't like that. And we see Gehazi is running after the wrong thing. I like it when God takes charge of the service. You, you might come in with a mindset of something, but God takes over, and we let the Spirit of God just move uh, like last Wednesday night. We let God we're just move, and as we stood and testified, we try to unload our burdens, got to get things off our chest and off our minds. And off our, that's what I like when God is involved in the services of the church. But when you program it so much, uh, God can't get in it because he's not built into the program. I don't like that kind of church. I've been in those churches. I know what it's like. He's looking for fame and fortune. He's not looking to help somebody else. Listen to me. If any church is going to see the work of God, the idea of the ministry has to be to help others. It's not the numbers. It's helping us. Know that God's Gehazi cares nothing about the ministry and helping people. Go back to chapter 4. Go back to look at chapter 4. This is where Elijah prays for this woman. She ends up getting a little boy. She, she's married. She wants a child. And Elijah prays for her. But he dies. And she's running after Elijah with this problem, this burden that's on her. She comes to Elijah broken down. She comes to Elijah beckoning him uh, to do something on her behalf. And look at verse number 27, chapter number 4. And when she had came to the man of God, to the hill, she called him, called him feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. Gehazi is not least bit interested that somebody is hurting in their soul. Now look at verse number 31. And Gehazi passed on before them, laid his staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he weighed, went again to him and, meet, and told him, saying, The child is not awake. In chapter number 5, we see the man of leopard. 
He, he's, he, we see a discouraged woman and we see a dead child and Gehazi cares less about any of those things. He's looking for what he can get for himself. He's look, you know the idea of these people says, what can church do for me? That's what Gehazi has. How, how can the church help me? How can I receive anything about what I'm about to do? How can it bless me tonight? Can I say this? The ministry of the things of God ain't always about you. Ain't always about you. It's about helping somebody else. I, I, I know people that join the church and they say, well, I can't get nothing out of it, so I, I, I'm not going to stay here. If you can't get anything out of it, they get discouraged. We find discouraged people needing help all the time, but yet we, we're looking at it and say, what can it be for me? What can I get out of this? May I say, if you're going to see God bless, God move, and God work, this spirit of Gehazi to have fame, all about me and fortune must be removed. Preacher, what's your desire? What, what would your desire be tonight? All of my heart to see the people get help, see people get refreshed, and see people get saved. That's what I, my desire is. That should be all of our desires of the church here to see people get saved. I, I'm not looking to have a great big church, but I'm looking for a place that people can come and get refreshed. Uh, uh, people can come and get uh, weary souls get refreshed uh, and see sinners get saved. Uh, that's what I want to see. I'm glad there's people that still loves dirty old sinners. I'm glad there's some people that still love them. God would pick them up and stand up with them and stand beside them. Uh, let me just say, I, I love a church that says I love sinners when they get saved. I, I'm going to stand beside them. I'm going to be on their side because they're right with God. And if I'm right with God, they're right with God. And we're right with God. We're on the same side. Amen. I, I know some people who get saved and they go to a church and they look at them, hey, you don't fit what we want in church. Amen. You don't look the part. You don't dress right. You don't talk right. You don't look like we look. I, I'm glad there's people who still love old sinners. When Jesus looked at a the, the multitude, he had compassion on them. He said, sheep don't have a shepherd. He said, this is what I've come for. They that hold need not a physician, but they are sick. I come to call the righteous but sinners to repent. What's your desire tonight in church? What is your desire in your life is serving God? It is a ministry in this church. It should be seeing those saved and seeing those uh, uh, refreshed. I, I want to see the church grow, but I want to see it grow in the right way. And the reason why you want to see it to grow, that means you see more people getting help, more people getting saved. It's not about the offering plates, but not about the numbers, about seeing people get right with God and giving God the glory tonight. He, he, he had the wrong desires. 
there's a declining in faith and feeling of, of the Holy Ghost in Gehazi. This guy has no faith in God nor fulfilling from the God. How do you know that? Well, we just read, look at chapter 4, four verse number 31. You've you got you to gotta get this. You've got to see this stuff. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. Now, don't miss this. He has an instrument just like Elijah. In fact, it is Elijah's staff. And it goes ahead and rides uh, that boy to the bed, lays it on his bed. And I was, uh, Elijah says, I will stay with the mother. Gehazi, go ahead and go forth. But he ain't got the spirit of Elijah. He may have the staff of Elijah, but he doesn't have the spirit of Elijah. You see, he looks like Elijah. He has some of the same stuff that Elijah has, but he ain't got what Elijah's got. And then he said, but there was neither voice nor hearing, wherefore went again to meet and told him saying, the child is not awake. I'm amazed. How is it that Elijah grabbed something from Elisha? That Gehazi didn't grab something from Elisha. Gehazi seemed to miss it. How is it that Elijah passes something down Elisha? But Gehazi failed to want it or grab it. It's not that Elijah didn't have nothing to pass down. By all means, he had it. He got it. In fact, he does two more times the more miracles than Elijah done. But somehow, the next generation down the line has missed it. They have missed the faith. They have missed the fulfilling of the fathers. Can I say, to really have a church that's going to build a work for God and do the, see the work of God be done, it's more than just the desire to help people. It's having the touch and the power of God in your life and in our assemblies, in our church, around us. You've got to have the power and authority of God in your life. Gehazi missed it. He had a chance to grab a hold of something that Elijah had, but he missed it. It's more than having a sermon. It's more than having a song. It's having that Holy Ghost wind that blows in from heaven, that breezes past you and you feel it. And how do you know it doesn't happen by accident? It's not a coinkydink. You know what happened? Because somebody has been praying. Somebody's been asking. Somebody's pleading. Somebody has been in the prayer closet when the Holy Ghost wind breathes from the heaven and it comes in your house and it comes in your church and it comes in your life. Somebody's been in the prayer closet asking God to send a breath from heaven. Isn't it amazing? Nobody grabs it. The mantle from Elisha. Gehazi 
could have made it, but he missed it. And I'm afraid the next generation that we're looking at tonight, don't, get me, don't miss this, the next generation that we're looking at tonight, they don't want it, they don't grab it, they don't need it. Their desire is not to see the things of God. Their desire is not to see what God can do. They're looking for to do their own thing. In fact, there's a generation. Let me just say this. Them old-time preachers, they had something on them. When they got up and preached, there was power there. They, they didn't just have a sermon. They had a touch of God on their life. And guess what? And what they preach got your mom and daddy in church. It got your uncle and grandfather in church what they preached. But let me just say, the generation we have today, they mock and make fun of those that rant, rage, spit, snort, Stamp, jumped and everything else they don't want that kind of preaching they don't want the authority they don't want the power of God they just want everything to be just nice and easy I'm just telling you we've got a generation that's going to miss the power and authority of God because they're not reaching out to grab the mantle they don't want that where, where is the church going to be at if all we got is people who are just I don't want the power I don't want the authority. I just want to be me. We see that. There's more than just a sermon. He had the wrong desires. He didn't have the faith. He didn't have the feeling of God in his life. Then he has to deal with the filthiness of flesh. Look at chapter number 5, verse 27. All that Gehazi did and all that Gehazi saw, the things that Elijah done. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And went out from his presence a leper, as white as snow. Isn't this. Amazing that we find Gehazi in one in chapter one that Elijah tells you to go and tell Naaman. He's the messenger that goes to tell Naaman you need to go wash in the Jordan. You're dirty. You need to get clean yourself. He's real good at spotting things wrong with others. He's real good at spotting the sin in others' lives. He sees the filth in everybody else's life. In fact, he's the one in later on in the chapter said, I, I can't believe we received nothing at the hand of this Syrian. He's real good at spotting the dirt in everybody else's life. But when it gets to his dirt in his life, you see what he does. He takes off. He runs. He doesn't stay around to confront the dirt in his life. He just runs off with, I, I wonder why. He just saw Naaman dip seven times in the river Jordan, came up, skin is as a newborn babe, clean. Filth was gone, the scent was gone out of his life. He was refreshed and re renewed in the river Jordan. Why did not 
He looked at Elijah and said, look, Elijah, I'm filthy. I'm dirty. You're right. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. I broke God's heart. I broke your heart. How about praying for me? But he wasn't willing to deal with the sin in his own life. He wasn't dealing with sin as long as it was in somebody else's life. He dealt with it. But not willing to deal with sin in his own life. Isn't that the way we are? We easily point out the speck in other people's eyes when we got a moat in our eyes. Well, you look what they're doing over yonder. Yeah, but you might be worse. We don't, we don't, you know, I got a message now working on now. Just stand in the mirror. Stand in the mirror. Just stand in the mirror. It's real easy to preach sermons to people, but it's another thing to keep your own heart right. It's another thing. It's another to keep your own heart. It's easy to stand up and point out the sin and cast a bean and mote out everybody else's eye. But it's our job to preach the sin and make it nasty. It's my job to preach sin that it's nasty. But like Paul said, lest I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. It's easy to point out everybody else's fault. It's my job to get on my knees and stay on my face and, and, and to God and asking God. If I'm going to preach about this. If I'm going to preach about this sin and that sin, I've I got to make sure it's right in my life or I preach about it into other people's lives. He wasn't willing to deal with it in his own life. And, and I find that's where a lot of Christians are at today. They're just not willing to deal with the sin that's in their life. It's gotten too comfortable, too acceptable in their own life. I, 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 well, a few months ago, I preached the message on the Titanic, saved or lost, saved or lost. I love that. I love reading about the Titanic. Titanic. And I got to study in this thing. You know... It took 15,000 people working six days a week for two years to build this boat. 15,000 people, six days a week, two years. Just to even to start the construction on a ship, the massive steel that they had to erect so people could get out on a ship was amazing. It just, a three football field long, it just amazed me that 15,000 people, that's a city, working on this boat. It hit that iceberg. Three hours, it was at the bottom of the ocean. Three hours. 15,000 people, six days a week, two years. Three hours, their work is at the bottom of the ocean. And, and it's amazing to me, everybody thinks that, hey, there was a big old gash in this boat that sunk it. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a leak. It was a leak. And it wasn't 
because they hit the iceberg, they ruled it that it was because of shoddy workmanship in preparing it. The leak was below the sea level. Nobody could see it. Nobody recognized it until it was too late. Then when they realized it was there, it was too late. The ship was going down. Let me ask you this. What leak do you have in your life? What leak do you have in your life? That no, it's all pushed down in your life. If you don't take care of it, it's going to send you down. It's going to take you down. It'll take you down. The spirit of Gehazi in the church today will tear a church up. Can I say this? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about those who walk through the door. It's all about giving Him the glory. And if we as the church give Him the glory, if we as Christian people give Him the glory, God's going to send the people in that we need to get to minister to. I love ministering to you. And when we talk about the, how things happen, we start the bus ministry, boom, the very first day we get back, the bus has to go down. And the second Sunday, we can't get it back. The wrong part, I can't get it back. So, ooh, what are we going to do? So, I get these phone calls. I need, I need, I need, I need help. We've got to make plans. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. God's got it. God's got it. We cannot let things that happen discourage us from getting the glory to God. And I'll tell you what, if we, if we, we get rid of this all about me, look at me, I, I'm this, I'm that, let me tell you what, you're not a bag of chips in that either. You're not that. We're, we're, just, we're the same as those out on the streets tonight, sinners saved by grace. That's all we are. And, and, and don't get this thing and say, hey, I'm saved, I'm good to get, no, no. Because that spirit of Gehazi can rise up inside of you and drown you. What did he say? He told him the the Naaman's leprosy is going to be on you and thy seed forever. Now I'm just thinking, I thought about that. That went to my mind. I said, man, through his seed forever. I wonder if any descendants of Gehazi is running around here. What What their life is looking like right now. I don't want to leave something that my family is going to regret that I did. I want to live a life that glorifies Him because it lasts longer than anything you can do. Amen. Got some things in our life that we need to get rid of in order to go forward with God and do the glory of God and work of God and see God bless and see God lift and see God. You want to see God move in the church? We got to move ourselves. Got to move ourselves. Amen.